Man, I'm really excited about this new series that we're starting this morning. It's called The Ghost. And what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. So let's just start today with just kind of a little survey. And I would ask you to help me by raising your hand. How many of you uh, have ever heard someone call or refer to the Holy Spirit? Maybe it was when you were growing up. You've ever heard it referred to as the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Come on, everybody, look around. That's a lot of people here, right? And I got to tell you today that I grew up in church. My parents are pastors, but I, I remember every time that I would hear a pastor or a preacher or someone come along and preach a sermon, and they would preach like this. They would preach like the Holy Ghost. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And every time that I heard that word, the Holy Ghost, it's an old King James version of the word. Every time I heard that, I always thought, that's a little bit weird. Come on, am I the only one that's ever thought that before? Like, why are they talking about a ghost in church? And I was like, that's a little spooky. That's a little strange. That's a little a little bit weird. And some of you maybe even today, when you came in, you got the little, the little worship guide, or you saw what the series that we're starting today was about, maybe you even kind of thought some of the same thoughts that I thought back then. Oh man, I mean, what is this series going to be all about? I didn't know we were one of those kind of churches, right? I mean, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. And the unfortunate truth is that is that many times when we hear people talk about the Holy Spirit or when we hear churches that are into the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost type stuff, unfortunately, many times we kind of in our mind think about stuff that's kind of kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you when you see churches that are really, you know, spirit-filled churches, sometimes they can kind of be all about just kind of the strange and the weird. And like you, you, you picture in your mind people that are running around with buns in their hair and they're waving tambourines and wearing these long skirts and stuff. Come on, am I the only one, right? When you think about stuff like that, right? And, and many times, man, we get a little bit scared and a little bit kind of just weirded out by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost type thing. And unfortunately, what that has caused in the church today is I think that it has caused kind of this big pendulum swing back and forth. And a lot of churches are, are really like what I would call a very overemphasis of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And they swing all the way, way over to this side. And everything is about Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, right? Come on, anybody know any churches like that? And it's just like everything's super spiritual and just overemphasis. And I mean, like if this Bible were to fall off the table, they would be like, I bind you, spirit of Bible falling off the table in the name of the Holy Ghost, right? Come on. And there's this huge, like, overemphasis of the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, the same is true on the other side. And because it can be people, the way that, the way that we act sometimes and the way we can get a little bit weird. How many know God is not weird, but people are weird, right? The Holy Spirit is not weird, but sometimes people are weird. And because of that, sometimes I think churches t- t- kind of take it all the way to the other side. And we have this really huge under emphasis of the
the Holy Spirit, and nobody really wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the Holy Spirit because we're afraid that people are going to think it's weird and things like that. And it's kind of like, you know, your weird cousin Eddie that nobody invites to Christmas dinner. It's like, we all know he's there, but we don't talk about it, right? And so here's the problem with that, is that the Holy Spirit plays a huge part in the life of the believer. Do you believe that today? That the Holy Spirit wants to empower us, and he wants to strengthen us, and he wants to do some great things in our life to empower us to live the Christ-like life that God has called us to live. And that's why in this series, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do for these next four weeks. I'm going to ask you to take all of your previous experiences. I'm going to ask you to take all of your preconceived ideas, all the things that you may have learned growing up, or all of the myths or the misconceptions that you might have about the Holy Spirit because of things that you have seen or things that someone else has said, things that you have been taught, all of those things. I'm going to ask you, if you would, over this next couple of weeks, these next four weeks in this series, if you would set all of that stuff aside and let us just examine the scripture and let's just see what God's word says about the Holy Spirit and how he wants to work in our life. Can we do that? Can we make a deal? Let's just, let's just shake on it, all right? Deal. We're going to do that. I'm going to ask you to open your, open your minds because I believe that there is a power and a work that God wants to do in all of our lives. And here's, I, I read this this past week that uh, a pastor that said, if you leave out one third of the Trinity, you're actually living at only two thirds of your full capacity. And how many know that as Christians, God wants us to live at full capacity, all the power and all the strength that he has given us to live. So in this series, what I want to do is I just want to just give you a taste and just give you a hunger for more of God and for more of the spirit by looking at what the word of God says about the Holy Spirit and uh, and looking at what, what he does in the life of the believer. Let's just start just kind of like this. How many remember... I'm going to have to go back with me a little bit. How many of you remember the days of the very first cell phones? Anybody remember the very first cell phones? Come on. Some of you, like you will remember way back in the day, like the first one that I remember was the bag phone. Anybody remember the bag phone? Put that picture up there. Anybody ever seen one of these before? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and you would talk on this, but you didn't want to talk very long on it because it was like $900 a minute to talk on it, right? And so we had the bag phones and then things started to progress. They started to get a little bit better and we had this next phone we had the the car phone how many of you remember the car phone how many of you had a car phone anybody had a car phone like you're riding around in your bmw you know with your polo shirt and it's you know the the collar flipped up talking on your back on your on your car phone right and then these this is my day this is what many of you will remember how many of you remember the zach morris phone come on I mean, it was like, it was like a brick, right? And you just carry this brick around in your pocket and you get on your, you know, you're talking to your buddy Screech and Slater and you're Zach, 
Zach Morris phone, right? And it's amazing, isn't it, as you think about it, it's amazing how far we've come with the cell phone technology, right? Like now I've got the iPhone, and I'm still a little bit out of date because I got the iPhone 4, but it's amazing what you can do on these iPhones. Like you can, I mean, the least that you can do on there is talk, right? I mean, nobody would want to do that because you're going to text message people. You're going to get on Facebook. You can even follow along with today's sermon on your version Bible app. It is incredible what you can do on today's cell phone. So imagine with me for just a minute that we're sitting out in the hall after church is over and you hear a phone ring and imagine as the phone rings, I reach into my back pocket and I pull out my Zach Morris phone and I go to talking on the phone, right? Some of you are going to be like, pastor, um, I just want you to know there's something better that is available for you, right? I mean, they have these things called iPhones. Some of you think that when you heard that I had an iPhone 4, you're like, Pastor, because I'm your friend and because I love you, I want you to know that there is something better. There is an upgrade. Everybody say upgrade. There is an upgrade that is available for you, right? And imagine if as I'm talking on my Zach Morris phone and you say, Pastor, because I love you, I want you to know there's an upgrade available for you. Imagine if I looked at you and said, no, I'm fine with this phone that I have. I don't understand how that technology works. It's newfangled stuff. It's even a little bit weird and a little bit out there. And I don't know how it works anyway. So I think I'll just stick to what I already know. Now, that would work. Like, I could talk on the phone, but I would be far from the full capacity that I would be able to accomplish. And it's the same way in our lives. Many of us are walking around in life as Christ's followers, and we're talking on our Zach Morris cell phone when there is an upgrade that is available for you. And we say, but no, I don't really, I don't really understand that, or that's a little bit weird, or this is what I'm used to, so I think I'm I'll just be okay with what I've got. And I'm here to tell you today that as your friend and as your pastor, because I love you, I want you to know about something that is far more powerful than what you might know right now. There is an upgrade that is available through you or for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a little excited because it's so powerful. Here's the thing is that You know, Jesus even told us it would be better. Everybody say better. It would be better for us, actually, that he would go to the Father. And because he would go to the Father, he would send, what would he send? He would send the Holy Spirit to us. In fact, we see it. If you've, if you've got your notes, you can look there or on your Version Bible app. In John chapter 16 and verse 7, look what Jesus said. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good. Everybody say, for your good. It is for your good that I am going away. Because unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Now think about this for a second. If I had a choice here today, either, you know, the Holy Spirit with me or Jesus in the flesh walking with me day in and day out, I've just got to admit, probably, first off, first thought would be, I would be like, I want Jesus with me, right? I mean, just imagine you're walking through life and, you know, you got to headache and you got Jesus right there and you're like Jesus I got a headache and Jesus is like boom headache's gone you know 
I mean, like you're trying to feed the kids and you look in the pantry and all you got is a couple pieces of bread and some cheese and some Cheetos, right? And you're like, Jesus, I need some help feeding the kids. And boom, all of a sudden, it's grilled cheese and Cheetos for all the kids. You know what I'm saying? And that seems like it would be better. But Jesus actually said that it would be better for him to go away and not be with us in, a fle- in the flesh. You say, how could that be better? It's better because when he went to heaven, he sent to us what the scripture calls the counselor. Everybody say the counselor. Now, what does that word counselor mean? Well, it comes from a Greek word, and that Greek word is parakletos, kind of a weird-sounding word. And it, that word actually comes from a couple of different Greek words that are kind of crammed together. The first one is para, so everybody say para. We know what para is because we've all heard of probably like a paralegal. Anybody ever heard of a paralegal? And that word actually means to just to come alongside. That's what a paralegal does. A paralegal comes alongside the lawyer and is like their helper. They come alongside. And then it comes from the other word kletos, which actually comes from a Greek word kaleo, which actually means to be called. Everybody say to be called. So here's what the parakletos is. Here's what the counselor, the Holy Spirit is. It is one who is called alongside. He is one who has been called alongside of the believer to help us, to be our helper, to be our guide, to be our strength. The, the Bible says very literally that Jesus went away so that he could send to us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit would be called alongside of us or we even know that the Holy Spirit would actually be inside of us. How many know it's better to have the Holy Spirit inside of us than it is to have Jesus in the flesh beside us? God has some incredible things available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. An upgrade is available. Now, some of you say, well, if this is so powerful, then why don't we talk about it? Why don't we, why, don't, why don't we have more people that really understand what it means to live the spirit-filled life? Well, there's a couple of reasons. If you're taking notes, you can, you can write these down. The first one is, is this, is simply some people aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. For some people, the reason that they're not operating in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they just don't even know. I mean, most of us, we know, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we know that. But, but many people don't really understand, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do within our life? And that's what we see happen here in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Uh, Paul is walking along the road, and he comes, al- uh, comes up on these two disciples. Look what it says in verse number 1. While Apollos was at, at Corinth... Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and he asked them, look at what he says. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And look what they said. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul's walking along the road. He comes across these disciples. Now, obviously, these are believers. They, they know Jesus. They are Christ followers. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't have called them disciples. They know Jesus. But Paul says, hey, I know that you're a disciple, that you're a Christian. But have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And they answered, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. 
And some of you may be here today, and maybe you've heard of the Holy Spirit. Probably all of us have heard of the Holy Spirit. But maybe you're just not aware of the availability of the power of the Holy Spirit for you and for your life. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. And that's not, that doesn't make you a second-class Christian because you're not aware of it. It just means you don't know. And so that's why in this series what we're doing is we're making you aware. We want you to know about this power that is available to you. Another reason that many people don't really, you know, don't really operate in the fullness of the Holy Spirit is simply this, is that some people, although they are aware of the Holy Spirit, some people are simply resisting. Everybody say resisting. Some people are simply resisting the Holy Spirit in their life. And that may be some of you today. Maybe you're here and maybe the Holy Spirit is leading you towards making some kind of decision and, and he's, he's calling you in a direction and maybe in your heart you don't want to go that direction and so you're resisting the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe some of you are here today and maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you of some sin and some areas of wrong in your life, but you, you've become so attached to that sin or to that habit or to that addiction that you just resist the Holy Spirit. You push him away and don't want to listen. Others of you, maybe because of previous experiences or things that you've seen or things that you've heard or things that you've been taught, maybe you've even been kind of like, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Well, that's just weird. I just don't really know about all of that. And because of that, you have resisted the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and that's what the scripture was talking about in the book of Acts. And, and that's what Stephen was talking about uh, to the, the, the religious people of the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7, he's, he calls them stiff-necked people. He says, your hearts and your ears are still uncircumcised, for you are like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of you are here today, and maybe that's what you have done, is maybe you have just kind of, I know about the work of the Holy Spirit. I know what he's calling me to do. I know where he's convicting me. I know what he wants to do in my life, but I'm not really sure I'm ready to go there. And maybe you have kind of resisted or pushed the Holy Spirit away. And here's the danger in that today the danger is this is that the more we resist the work of the holy spirit in our lives the less we will be able to feel and hear him as he speaks to us in fact paul talked about it in the book of first timothy he said our hearts can become seared as with a hot iron it's like when you burn yourself and you burn all the nerve endings and then you can't feel anything like ladies if you've ever burned yourself with a curling iron or something and then you can't feel anything in those places where you burned yourself the more we resist the holy spirit the more our spiritual nerves become seared become burned and the less we will be able to really feel his convicting and his power in our lives as he tries to lead us and direct us and guide us. So I would challenge you today as we get into this series, as we begin to look at what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives, I want to challenge you. Don't resist. I want to challenge you. Just open your hearts, open your minds. Let the Holy Spirit work and let him speak to you in your life because he has so many incredible things in store for you through the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives. So let's jump into this a little bit. If you got your notes, I know we're doing a little more teaching here today, but I think it's good. Let's, let's get our notes out today. And I want to just see, I want to see three benefits. We call this a friend with benefits. Three benefits of the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. And if you're taking notes, the first one is this. The Holy Spirit is a friend who will comfort you. Everybody say comfort you. 
Man, there's nothing like when you're going through a struggle or going through a difficult time in your life, there's nothing like having someone to be there with you, right? I mean, if you're going through a hard time, you can get through it alone, but you can get through it a whole lot better if you have a friend, if you have someone to walk through it with you. And as we study the scripture, here's what we will find. We will find that the Holy Spirit is that friend who will comfort us during those times of need in our life. In fact, the Bible calls him the comfort. He is the parakletos, and that's not just his name, but that is his job, that he wants to bring comfort in your life when you are going through difficult and painful experiences. The Bible says in John 14 and 16, Jesus says it like this. He says, I will pray to the Father, and the Father shall give you another comforter. Everybody say comforter. Another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Many of you, maybe you're in here today and maybe you're going through some struggles. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in a relationship. Maybe some difficulties in your marriage. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're going through a difficult time at work. And maybe maybe you're struggling with some stressful things. And maybe you need some peace in your life today. Here's what I want you to know. Is that that peace comes through the Holy Spirit. That comfort comes through, through Him. And He wants to comfort you during those times of struggle in your life. But you've got to allow him to do it. You've got to allow him to work in your life. It's kind of like this. Every once in a while, we'll go and we'll go visit uh, my in-laws. I love to go visit my in-laws. They, my my father-in-law, he's a builder, builds these houses. He builds these really, really nice houses. They live in this really nice house, and they have this really, really nice stuff in their house. And so I like to go visit because it's a really nice place to go. And what I've learned, though, over the years as we go and visit my uh, in-laws, what I've learned is that there's some stuff that uh, is for use, and then there's some stuff that's just for looks. How many ladies, you know what I'm talking about here, right? Like, just for instance, all right, we go to my mother-in-law's house, uh, throw pillows, okay? Uh, My mother-in-law is like the queen of throw pillows. She has more throw pillows than anybody I've ever known or seen in my life, and so I'm sitting in there on on the couch watching the golf channel. It's what I like to do. Amen. Come on, brother, right? And I'm watching the golf channel, and I'm I'm tired, and I want to lay down. And so I just grab a pillow. And as I grab the pillow to get ready to lay down and relax on the couch, I hear this voice. And my mother-in-law, she's so sweet. She would never yell at me or anything like that. It's so sweet. But it goes something like something like this. Uh, don't lay on that pillow. Let me get you another pillow to lay on, right? And she goes back in the closet and pulls out this old junkie pillow. And she takes away my nice pillow and puts the junkie pillow so that I can lay down. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, thinking that there's a throw pillow on the couch. I can lay down on the throw pillow. I didn't know it was just there for looks. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And then... We go into the bedroom. They have this nice spare guest bedroom for us. And they, like I said, they have all this nice stuff. And so you go in there and they have like this really nice comforter, right, on the bed. And man, it's like one of those really nice heavy ones, like when you go to a really nice hotel or something. And man, it's time to go to bed. And I'm ready to go lay down in the bed. I can't wait to get in there, pull the covers up over my head, get that really nice comforter. Like they keep it really cool in the house. And so I take that heavy comforter, put it up over me. I mean, what was I thinking that I would actually use the comforter on the bed to actually 
can sleep with, guys. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Because I get ready to go in there and go to bed. And here comes my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. She's amazing. She comes in here because she listens to the podcast. I just got to say that. So she comes in and she's like, no, 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 no. Don't use that comforter. I got something over here for you to use. And so she goes into the closet and pulls out some old blankets. And she takes the nice, heavy, good hotel-type comforter. And she takes it and sets it over to the side. And she gives me an old blanket to sleep with. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Because everybody knows that you don't use the comforter. It's just for looks. And you know, the truth is, is that, I mean, the old ladies are like, you know what I'm talking about. The truth is, that's the way it is for a lot of, for a lot of Christians, The comforter is available to you, but for many of us, that's just for looks. I know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Man, they said that when I got baptized, and they said that at my wedding, and they said that when I dedicated my children, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit part, he's just for looks. But I'm here to tell you that there is a comforter that is available for you, and it's not just for looks, that he wants to work in your life. And when you're struggling, and when you're going through difficulty, and when you're going through pain, and when you're going through struggles in your life, Jesus has gone to the the Father so that he could send down a comforter, not just so that you could say in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, but so that you could have his comfort working in your life. It is available to you today. He's a friend who will comfort you. Number two, check this out. Stop, I stopped teaching and went to preaching there for a second. The Holy Spirit is a friend who will counsel you. Everybody say counsel you. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. He's your guide. When you don't know what to do, check this out. He can direct you. He can show you what to do and how to live. Jesus said it like this in John 16 and verse 13. But when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth comes, look what it says he will do. He will guide you in all truth. And he will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Man, that is so powerful. The Holy Spirit, look what he does. He wants to counsel you. He wants to speak truth. He is called the Spirit of truth. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to direct you. When you don't know what to do, here's the deal. God does. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit takes what is only known to God and he makes it known to you. I mean, how many of you ever thought, wouldn't it be cool if you knew what was going to happen next week? Like, if I just knew what was going to happen at work next week, that'd be cool. Or what if I, like, if I knew what was going to happen next year? What if I had a DeLorean and I could get in it and drive 88 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden I could go to the future and see what was going to happen, right? That would be cool. Well, guess what? That's impossible. We don't know what the future holds. I mean, we can plan and we can try to predict and forecast and all those things, but we don't know what the future holds. But here's the good news today. We know the person who does. And he wants to counsel you. He wants to guide you. He wants to give you direction for your life. When you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is your counselor, and he will make known to you things that only the Father knows. In fact, I love what the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Look what it says. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 
But check this out in verse 10. But God revealed it to us. How did he reveal it to us? Look, by his spirit. Everybody say, by his spirit. By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now, when you first read that first passage, especially if you just stop at verse 9, it gets a little bit frustrating. What? I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't understand it. God, how am I supposed to know what to do if I don't hear it and I don't see it and I don't understand it? That's a little bit frustrating. But when you continue to read in verse number 10, it says you can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't understand it. But here's what I want to do. I want want to reveal all things to you. I want to guide you. I want to direct you. I want to show you what to do. And I do it through the Holy Spirit working in your life. See, every day the Holy Spirit wants to walk with us. He wants to direct us and guide us, direct our paths. It's kind of like a, a kind of like a news anchor. Anybody ever watch the news shows? And when you're watching on there, you see that most of the time they get it just right. Like they just come in right at the time, and then whenever you know when when it's time to go to commercial, just the music just comes on. They know just just when to do it, and when they're going to a special guest or a special program or whatever, they just know. You know how do they know? Well, they have this little thing in their ear that you don't see, and on the other end of the thing in their ear, they have a producer on the other end of the of the the deal in their ear and the producer is telling them all right we're about to go on air in five four three smile two one you're on air right and so they start to talk and they start to give the news and then when they're to go to a special guest the producer is speaking in their ear and the, pro- the producer is saying producer is saying all right now go to the guest or all right now you got 30 seconds to a commercial so make sure it's succinct and wrap it up in 30 seconds and five four three two one go to commercial and all along the producer is speaking into their ear guiding them directing them telling them what to do and that's how the holy spirit works in our lives if we will allow him he will speak to us step by step he will guide us and you just be walking through your day and the holy spirit will speak to your heart and say hey go over and talk to that person or go and pray for that person or hey don't go over there because that's not going to be good for you or hey you need to say that or hey you don't need to say that and if we will listen to the voice of the spirit remember a couple weeks ago we talked about that the voices that we listen to will determine the future that we will experience if we would learn to listen to the voice of the holy spirit in our lives he would direct and guide and lead our paths as we follow after him that's what the scripture says in isaiah 30 in verse 21 he says whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it what is that that's the holy spirit he wants to guide you he wants to lead you throughout your day this is the way walk in it This is the direction that I have for your life. I want to counsel you. I want to guide you. I want to give you directions. It's like like a a turn-by-turn navigation as you're going through life. And what's so great about it is that even when you screw it up, even when you mess up, what what does the turn-by-turn do? It just says recalculating, right? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Man, if we'll listen to him, he'll guide us, he'll direct us, he'll show us what steps to take, which direction to go. And even when we mess it up, he'll just recalculate. Calculate it, and the scripture says that God works together all things for good for those who love God and who are what called according to his purposes. So, the Holy Spirit, He is a friend who will benefit your life, He is a friend who will comfort you, He is a friend who will counsel you. Number three, He is a friend who will convict you. 
Now, nobody likes it whenever you got a, a friend who's pointing out the things that you do wrong, right? You ever have one of those friends? And I think that's the reason sometimes that we kind of resist the Holy Spirit because here's what he does. He'll give us comfort. See, I like what somebody said. The Holy Spirit will comfort the afflicted, but sometimes he'll also afflict the comfortable, <laughs> And the reason many times we resist the Holy Spirit in our life is because we don't like, we like the comfort part, right? And we like the counsel part when we don't know what to do, but we don't like the convict part when we know what we're doing is wrong and we hear the voice of the Spirit saying, don't do that, don't say that, don't go there, but we shut that off because we don't want to hear that in our lives. But how many know good friends will will lead us, good friends will help us, and when they see us going in the wrong direction, they'll help us to turn the other direction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. The Scripture says in John 16 and verse 8, when the Spirit comes, He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible says that He will convict us. He will show us the areas where we need to make change. And we've all experienced that before in our lives. We've all been in those times when we're doing something we shouldn't do, and we know we shouldn't do it, and we feel that inner voice, that still small voice inside of us that's saying that's not right don't do it and here's what's so great about the holy spirit is he is a gentleman and as we as we learn to listen to him here's what's great if we'll just listen to him in the still small voice he won't ever have to yell but how many know when we ignore the still small voice a few times, he has to get a little bit louder and a little bit louder and a little bit louder. Come on, anybody ever experienced that before? I remember when I was a kid, my parents would tell me, I had chores, and my parents would say, son, I need you to come in and take out the trash. And I would say, okay, mom, just whenever I'm done playing Mario Brothers on Pac-Man, or, or Pac-Man, Mario Brothers on Nintendo, then I'll come in there and take out the trash. And so an hour later, my parents would come in, and it'd be just a little bit louder. Son, I need you to come take out the trash. Okay, mom, whenever I'm done, you know, playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, then I'll come in there and do the trash. And an hour later, and my mom comes in, son, I need you to take out the trash, right? And then a little bit later, and finally, it would get to the place where it wasn't just son take out the trash but it was a place where she would say chad michael benson come on how me know when you get all three names you should have just listened the first time i said take out the trash and that's the way the spirit works in our life if we had listened to his still small voice he would never have to yell wouldn't it be great if we get to a place where when we hear him just a gentle nudge we would listen, and we would follow, and we would obey. And when he pricks our heart, and when he convicts us of areas of our life where we know is not right, we wouldn't have to have a yell. It would just be a still, small voice, and we would be so in tuned with the presence of God and with the Spirit of God in our lives that when he speaks to us, we would just go, yeah, that's right, and we would move. But the more the more we, we disobey, the more we ignore his Spirit and his convicting work in our life, the louder and louder and louder that it has to get. And many times what happens is circumstances and troubles and stuff that we would have never 
never had to go through if we'd just be obedient to the Spirit in the first place. But we find ourselves going through junk and going through struggles. And not all junk and not all struggles is because of disobedience, but sometimes it is. And if we'd just listen in the first place, then we could, we could avoid so many struggles and heartaches in life if we would just listen to the voice of the Spirit as He convicts us and as He counsels us and as He guides us in our daily walk with God.